Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this is going to be a little different than most of our vodcasts. This is going to be a presentation I do every year at RSNA as part of the NASCI Cardiac CT program. And what I typically speak about is the coronary arteries, but I don't really speak about stenosis per se. I speak about a whole lot of other things beyond stenosis. So what I'm going to do is modify that talk and present the information to you and I think what will be very valuable. So what I do is, and what I will do, is give a series of cases and use that as a basis for discussion of what we are going to look at. So it should work out pretty nicely. So I'll start off with this case, and I'll say it's a 59-year-old male who um, presents with chest pain, and we're doing a coronary CTA, and the first thing we do is a calcium score. And you can see the score was 137. And so then I asked the question, and everyone has these little beepers in their hand where you can get credit for doing a SAM-type operation. So all of you at home simply point to the correct answer. So the question I had first is, by current guidelines, you're required to do a calcium score performing a CTA. So the question is, do you need to do a calcium score every time you do a cardiac CTA? And the answer is no. There's no requirement to do that. There are several articles, like this one by Torres, that makes the point it's probably on a case-by-case -case basis. It's interesting that in the old days when coronary CTA was 15 to 20 millisieverts, a one millisievert coronary calcium scoring component was a small part of the examination's radiation dose, and so it was almost nothing to worry about. Now, as we lower the dose of a coronary CTA, the calcium score is a higher percent. So the question is, when do you need to do calcium scoring? And that becomes very important, and different sites have different rules, but I'll show you some of the potential um, thought processes that go into effect. Article by Mahesh, uh, our chief physicist, talks about the importance of calcium scoring's radiation dose as part of the entire process, and in this article, we suggest that perhaps patients under age 30 do not routinely get a calcium score. And that indeed is what we do in our practice. There are other things you can do. Use interval reconstruction to lower the dose. Drop to voltage to 100. That reduces dose by about a third. Minimize scan length on topogram. There's work going on to obtain a calcium score from the contrast component of the study. That would eliminate the calcium score, and that's potentially, but at this point, it's a work in progress. And again, there's age rules, so we use the age of 30. Now, in terms of calcium score, let me just tell you a little bit about the current thinking. Uh, article by Jay Earls, looking at the ACR appropriateness criteria for patients at risk for coronary disease, makes the point that calcium scoring is a marker of vascular disease that correlates closely with the overall atherosclerotic burden, and that it's an important component, potentially, of information allowing us to better manage patients, and that it complements current risk prediction models. Now, of course, the question then is, does everyone need to get a calcium score? And the ACR, like the American Heart, really breaks things up into three categories. So the answer will be yes, no, or maybe. So if you have low-risk patients, truthfully, you do not need to do any imaging. And so when you look at the uh, ACR appropriateness criteria, where things are graded between 1 and 9, where typically 7, 8, and 9 are appropriate studies, 
four, five, six may be appropriate, and one, two, and three are usually not appropriate. The calcium scoring is a three. So it's really not something uh, that you typically need to do, and it's recommended, in fact, you don't do. In patients, however, who are intermediate risk, uh, those are the ones where the score would be an eight. It's usually appropriate because it helps stratify patients. Now, what's important to remember is when you have a high calcium score, if your lab values are good, the calcium score puts you in a higher risk category. Remember that a calcium score never lowers your risk. It only can increase your risk, and so it would increase more aggressive therapy. And you can see the intermediate risk patient gets a rating of eight, a very high rating. And then the high risk patient, really a calcium score is not going to help because these patients should be treated more aggressively. Maybe CTA, maybe stress MR, maybe SPECT imaging, MPI, or ultrasound may be appropriate. And you can see in that scenario, calcium scoring gets a low score, lower than coronary CTA, lower than MRI heart. So again, no risk or super high risk are separated. They don't need to get the study. Intermediate risk are the patients we need to do. So let's go back to this same case, Agassiz score of 137. Then I'm going to ask you a question. Based on those images in the Agassiz score of 137, what's the likelihood of a significant stenosis in the LAD? Well, you can see the answers. It's important to remember with calcium scoring, the higher the score, the more likely there is stenosis, but there's no way to make that prediction. You can have a score of zero and significant stenosis and a score of 1,000 and essentially have no stenosis. So it's important to recognize the answer is D or impossible to determine. You really aren't trying to look at the degree of stenosis. You're looking at risk stratification. So it's a very important, important thing to remember. The prevalence of coronary artery disease in non-calcified segments is lower than in segments with calcification. And the more the calcification, the more likely you are to have risk. But again, it's not a direct relationship. A great article on the subject by Nasir and Klaus makes the point that we will see lots of people, 25 million people will die of stroke or heart disease with 80% of the burden in developing countries. And half the individuals, the initial presentation of coronary artery disease is infarct or sudden death. Now, when we look at traditional risk factors, it's in the 65, at best 80% predictive model. Calcium scoring really adds to that model, adding additional information beyond current global risk assessment methods. Now in saying that, um, the authors also make the point that a calcium score of zero is great. It's the most important and most powerful negative risk factor for the development of a coronary event. So I agree with that, but let me ask you a question. Does a zero score mean you don't have coronary disease? Does it mean you have a normal coronary arteries? Well, as you can guess, the answer is no because this article by Lau makes the point that the absence of detectable calcium does not exclude coronary disease. And in this series by Kelly, Kelly made the point also that when he looked at patients who had zero calcium score, still up to 4% of patients had at least moderate stenosis and 1.5% had severe stenosis. And eight of the 12 patients with significant stenosis underwent angiography and stenting. So again, a zero score is what we want to get, but it doesn't mean 
that you're absolutely normal. So his comment was, you can have significant plaque, but it's simply not calcified plaque. Patients will vary in their ability to calcify plaque. It's more common in whites, and it's less in African Americans. Now, in saying that, is there any difference in the calcium score between different populations like uh, white patients and African American patients? And the answer is yes. It's interesting that the African American patients, so some big city populations, the Agassiz score is going to be lower than what one might expect. Calcium score may yield an underestimated total plaque burden in African Americans. So it's very important to remember a very good article uh, because if you're doing an inner city population, that zero score is important, but it's not as good as in a white patient because you still may need to look at other risk factors. Okay, great. Another question. On routine chest CTs acquired for a range of indications, so these are all cases where we're not doing a coronary artery study, do you need to look and report the coronary arteries? It's a great question, and the fact is, the better the scanners get, we just got a new four scanner. It basically, uh, you know, motion is gone. You get incredible coronaries. And in this article by Williams, he made the point that often you see coronary artery calcification, but people don't describe it. In a view of its diagnostic and prognostic importance, Williams says that evaluation of calcium scoring should be a routine part of a non-contrast chest CT. Now, typically you're not gonna go and score it with a number, but you can see mild or moderate or extensive calcification. In this article he wrote, in this one series, it was recorded in the final report in only 44% of cases. So many patients with calcium calcification or coronary artery calcification, it was never reported. If you report it, the clinician may look at it and say, I better get a real calcium score or perhaps I better get a CTA or a stress test or something depending on clinical history, but often these findings were indeed silent. Uh, Williams goes on to say the study shows that an underreporting of cardiovascular calcification on non-contrast CTs of the thorax is frequent, but it's important to be able to recognize this. Now sticking with uh, coronary artery calcium, there's question would be is there's an increase in mortality when the uh, Agassiz scores over 1,000. And the fact is, I use 1,000 as a good number. Uh, there were several articles that use 1,000. This article at Patel, increasing plaque in coronary arteries continues to predict a greater decrease in survival amongst patients with scores above 1,000. In this other in that same article, when he looked at scores between 1,000 and 1,500, and 1,500 and 2,000, and over 2,000, so all high scores, they were associated with between an 18 and 13 times increased mortality risk compared to someone with a score of zero. So it really is important. Um, it, it's interesting. Uh, the phenotype of Agassiz score over 1,000 represents a distinct advanced form of atherosclerosis with a greater all-cause mortality risk than patients under a score of 1,000. 2,000 is even worse. So these scores, the higher the score, the more your risk factors. Okay, very good. So let's go back to the case I showed you, that patient with chest pain, and he had a calcium score. And um, my question is, when you see the calcium, do you, would you go along and do the patient's um, 
coronary CTA? Okay, that's an interesting question. Perhaps it's too much calcification. Maybe you shouldn't do it. Maybe the study is not going to come out well. Well, there's some really good questions that come out of this. So with calcified plaque, do you scan patients with extensive plaque? And what do I mean? And what do you mean by extensive plaque? If no, what's your definition of extensive plaque? And the third thing, of course, would be, do you ever exclude patients with a certain Agassiz score from getting a coronary CTA? That becomes very important because insurance companies have said, well, if I'm going to do an Agassiz score first and then the study is a high score and then the radiologist is always going to say, I can't read the vessels because there's too much calcification, then perhaps let's not get the study to begin with. So there's been a lot of talk about, is there a set score where you have problems? Uh, it's an interesting question. When we did a survey about this, Pam Johnson wrote the article that people would report a score above 1,000. That's where their cutoff was. But then when you asked the question, did you ever pull anybody off the table, the answer was no. So everyone worries the higher the score. And I can tell you, the higher the score, the longer it's going to take me to do the study. This article by Heck makes that point and says also that you need to have experience to do the higher scores. When you're just getting started, use the lower scores. The higher scores are much trickier, much harder, much more difficult. Uh, so it's very important to really think about that possibility as you're doing the studies. If you're a newbie um, and you have a very high score, let one of your partners look at it. It's simply a much more challenging case. Now, Torres made the point about calcium scoring being a gatekeeper for coronary CTA, and that perhaps when the score is very high, you shouldn't do a coronary score. It's an interesting question. If the score is so high that there's no way to get a good look at the vessels, then perhaps it makes sense. But, you know, it's hard to give an absolute number. This patient's score was 1186. I showed you a moment ago. But look at the coronary CTA. It's great, and you see the near occlusion of the patient's LAD. So here, yes, the patient had a high calcium score, but we're able to get around that area. That area wasn't where the stenosis was, and you were able to really do the patient a service, and the patient got a cath with stenting a few hours later. So again, it's very important to think about that. Now, it is true that the higher the score, and I inferred this a moment ago, the quality of the studies will be more difficult, the reproducibility will be more difficult. So in this case, you have a score of 157, there's a dense plaque, it's really no problem, but this score is over 2600, and what are you going to do? It's really a challenge. Well, when you look carefully, you see that um, the calcified plaque that's present, and uh, you also know carefully when you look at the vessels, and the patient has occlusion of the LAD. So yes, we were lucky the occlusion happened in just the right spot. We were able to do the study well and get a good series of images. So indeed, you want to be careful. And there's another case with occlusion of the patient's LAD, and we're going to have that uh, uh, taken a look at very, very carefully. But just look how nicely you can see it despite the extensive calcification. Again, being able to use the vessels and vessel mapping becomes critical. You can see the stenosis right there, that critical stenosis in the patient's LAD. And you can see it again when we go to the sagittal views. So that indeed is very important. 
article by Viveri, the use of CT in patients with a high calcium score is limited and the reproducibility is going to be less, but you need experience. You have experience, you can work through it. When I see the extensive calcification, I'll do it. I know it's going to take longer than a case with minimal plaque, but that's the way it goes. Now, also, there are ways of perhaps getting around the calcium scoring, the high calcium score. Iterative reconstruction perhaps can decrease artifact. Now, there also has been work done and suggested perhaps calcium scoring as a triage for chest pain. Well, the answer is it really can't be done because we just said that if you can have a zero calcium score and significant stenosis, look at this patient, chest pain, marked narrowing of the LAD, high-grade stenosis with an Agassiz score of zero. So again, you need to be careful um, what you're measuring and also understanding what the information regarding calcium scoring is and even what a zero score means. A zero score, as in this case, does not mean the absence of disease. It means the absence of calcified plaque. Well, here you see a severe stenosis, a critical stenosis, beautifully shown, but you don't see the, uh, but you don't see any calcification. Another example, look at the right coronary artery. Agassiz score is zero. But look at the right coronary on the 3D, CTA. It's occluded approximately. Beautiful example of occlusion, but yet you can see what's going on. Uh, so again, you're not going to be able to use it as a way of scoring. And this article by Valins made the point that it's something you can't do. In the old days, people thought it was a great idea. Agassiz score of zero, discharge the patient. But as I just showed you, Patients with zero Agassiz scores, particularly in the African-American population, could have critical stenosis. So that's some really good points looking at uh, calcium scoring, its use, what it means, and how we use it in practice. And let's take a five-minute break and come back and look at our next set of cases. Thanks very much.